We know that the Aftairah was established at a time when they, the government of the time did not allow the Yidin to reach from the Torah, so therefore they read from, Parsh, from the Tanakh in areas which accorded, which were similar in their content to the Parsha of the week. And even more so that it should accord with the end of the Parsha, which what is recorded in the end of the Parsha. And since the beginning, the entire Haftarah should somehow relate to what the Parsha says. But the beginning of something always contains what the rest of the, what the theme of that thing is. And therefore, the end of the Parsha should accord with the beginning of the Haftarah. That would mean that the uh, Haftarah, the theme of the Haftarah is in accordance with or represents what the Parsha is about. So we have to understand what the connection between the last story, the end of the Parsha Bolak, is with the beginning of the par- of the Haftarah, which the beginning of Haftarah is. And there will be Jewish people amongst the uh, the nations of the world, that do not look, the Yidin of the time will not look to uh, put their faith in man, and they will not put their hopes in people, but rather they will hope to Hashem. That's what the beginning of the Aftarah records. This Aftarah is talking about the early stages of Geula, when it's just developing, when the Geula is first coming about, there will be wars that will be waged against nations of the world. So, we, in other words, that Mashiach hasn't yet accomplished what he uh, what he needs to accomplish it's just starting and we don't it hasn't he hasn't established himself yet as the final mashiach meaning that he's accomplished his work it's still a time when the non-jews are warring against the jews it's still a time even within the jewish community the after tells us that hashem will have to cut down the uh, idols and will have to cut down the trees that uh, the jews worship god forbid so it talks only about the early stages, not about the final Geula yet. So also the, the uh, Parsha Bolok, also the time period is, as the Jews were already camped at Arvis Moev, right across from the Yarden, where, uh, by Yerichai. And so they were ready to cross over into Etzisrola. It was the last stages of their crossing over into Etzisrola, arriving into Etzisrola for the very first time. So the idea is similar we're on the cusp of coming to Yisrael, and especially in light of the fact that we know that had the Yidin not sinned, that arrival, that early arrival, the first arrival in Yisrael would have been the final arrival, and they would never have been banished, it would never be a Golos, uh, only because of the sin that it was it not that way. So in other words, it's even more similar to the idea of coming just before the Geul Shlema the first arrival in Eretz Yisrael has a similar idea. So, talking about the early stages of Gula, and already it says that, uh, that the Yidin will not put their hopes and dreams in people, but rather in Hashem, but already we'll know that, that uh, you know, the, the true salvation can only come from Hashem, but, and also, since we're talking about a time of Gula, obviously, we're not talking about a a prohibited type of putting your trust in people. It's talking about a the type of trust that people put into people, which is permitted. Perhaps even the Torah suggests that it, that there should be somewhat of that. 
And that will not happen because we're at the beginning of Geula already. So what does this mean? What is the type of putting trust in people which is permitted? The Torah says, Hashem will give you a blessing in everything that you do. So the Sifri says, what does he mean to say everything that you do? Why doesn't it just simply say, Hashem will give you a blessing? Because I would think that Hashem will give me a blessing so I can sit back and do nothing. Hashem is sending His blessing. So the Torah says, no, you have to do, you have to work for the blessing as well. You have to create a channel through which this blessing should come. So in other words, that there is a, the Torah does suggest that we should depend on, we have to do something in the natural state as well, which is another way of saying depending on people, because if you're doing something, if you have customers, you're depending on your customers. If you have an employer, you're depending on your employer. So the Torah does suggest that there should be some sort of dependence or perhaps uh, a channel in the natural means. The Torah suggests that there should be. And this is not, of course, this does not contradict what the Pasuk says, Arur, Hagever Ba'adam, cursed is the person that will depend on man. What does that mean? That means that somebody that thinks that the natural means is what provides his uh, parnasa. That's where the blessing comes from. But we know that it's not so, of course, that the blessing comes from Hashem, but we have to make a channel through which it should come. So it doesn't contradict that pasuk. So that is something that will happen during Golos. But during Geula, the beginning of the Geula stages, so then a person doesn't need even that kind of dependence on the natural process. And as we say about Ketal, do, which comes from Hashem directly, and it doesn't even need, um, uh, it never stops. It's something that Hashem provides on His own. And therefore that's the kind of dependence we will have then. We don't even need the natural process. We get it directly from Hashem. This is uh, reminiscent of what Chassidah says, that the Pasuk says, It's better to depend on Hashem than to depend on man. So the question is, if it's only better to depend on uh, Hashem, that means that there is some value in depending on man. What does that mean? The Chassidah explains that Ba'adam means the way it's it called the godliness that permeates the world. In other words, it refers to the natural process that one can depend on the blessing that comes through the natural process. But it's better to depend on Hashem, which represents Sevev Kulam, something that comes from beyond the natural process. In other words, getting it directly from Hashem, and as the uh, Pasuk says, Kalecha, that He will um, feed you. Another way of reading that is, He will also provide the Kalim. Hashem will also provide the, the uh, channels through which the blessing should come. In other words, we don't even need the natural channel. Hashem provides the channel too. And that's what Tev Lachsus Hashem is. So in the time of the Geula, even at the beginning of the Geula, we will already be depending directly on Hashem and not on the natural process at all. But since, as we know, we're not trying to circumvent the Dirib Dachtainim, the natural process altogether, because we're meant to elevate the natural process. So what does that mean? It means really that we will not see the natural process of being of any importance. Yes, it comes through the natural process, but we see only that Hashem is functioning through the natural process. It really only comes from Hashem. And as an emotional one could say that, uh, you know, the bank teller is the one that hands you the money. 
but are, do they play any role in your getting your money? Of course not. They're just a channel through which it comes. And we, have no, we owe nothing to the bank teller at all. Everything comes from Hashem, so also the natural process has no more function than the bank teller. It's just a channel. And we know that it's really just Hashem providing through that channel. Because there are two ways that one could look at the natural process. One can look at it as... Hashem said that we should create a natural process, we should create channels, and therefore we begin to put importance on those channels. Those channels are important, and we have to make sure, put in every effort to make sure that they are created properly so that they can provide an parnasa. That's one way, but the, tr- the better way, of course, is that we, the only reason that we create ch- uh, uh, natural processes are because that's what Hashem instructed us to do. So in truth, we put no importance on that at all. It's just another way in which we serve Hashem. He, we could be getting it directly from Him. He said, no, I want you to get it through the natural process. So we do that. But we don't put any importance on it. We don't meet, see it as anything of significance other than Hashem said to do it this way. And therefore, little attention is paid for it even though we do it and we go through the motions and do it. The Gemara says that there, are, there is a Pasuk with six words which begins and there are six words and each word refers to another Seder of Mishnayis. The first word Emunas refers to Mishach Dezroim to, to, to Seder because a person puts his faith in Hashem and he plants. So the question is planting is a natural process. It's a process which Hashem implanted into the world. It's a, it's a process which Hashem, Hashem said will never stop after the flood, after the, after the Mabali said, that this kind of, the Zerevakotzer, the planting and reaping will never stop. In other words, it's the way Hashem set it up. So what do you mean you need a Munas Hashem? Because a Yid understands that it's not the planting is not the reason why he plants. Because the natural process says it will give. He has to do that because Hashem needs to provide him. Hashem set the plant in order to provide, so therefore he has his faith in Hashem, and he does what Hashem said and he plants. And the way you look at the natural process that you have to be involved in, whether you see it as important or secondary to the, to, or not important at all, and it's Hashem that provides, will also affect the way you behave and your attitude towards it. For instance, if somebody wants, as a muscle, somebody has the opportunity to daven a little longer or he worries that he'll miss his, uh, he'll miss his uh, customers if he spends too much time in shul or he can give more stock and then he won't have enough money to invest and to reinvest into his business so if somebody puts importance to the, to the natural process then these two things contradict each other they conflict with each other one uh, <clears throat> doesn't allow for the other but if somebody sees the whole thing as only a, the reason that he does it to begin with is only because Hashem said so it's not possible that this mitzvah of being involved in the natural process should in any way conflict with that mitzvah in fact mitzvah gereres mitzvah if he does one mitzvah it'll improve the next mitzvah if he spends more time in shul it'll improve his customer base because that's a mitzvah too he does it only because Hashem said so so therefore, though that would change the way you see it altogether. And of course, the Yitzhahara never comes to you on day one and he says, you have to be fully dependent on 
the natural process because he knows that a yid will reject that so he starts with a very subtle way he starts with you sh- things have to you have to live your life in a way that makes sense according to Torah and that it shouldn't con- conflict with Yiddishkeit but what he's trying to do he introduced the idea that you have to live your life in a way that makes sense the way that makes sense first it starts with makes sense to you as the Friedrich Rebbe said today he says to you do so what he means by that is do the way you think is right and tomorrow he already introduces his idea of what makes sense so he tells you do it the way I think until eventually he's able to get you to do as well because, but the initial step is only introducing the idea that his, you have to, it has to make sense. When it makes sense, so now he has become the arbiter. The Yitzhahara became the arbiter of what makes sense. And therefore, eventually he drags you to where it actually goes against Yiddishkeit. So the place to stop it is, does it have to make sense or not? It doesn't have to. You take your direction from Ratzon Hashem. And if Ratzon Hashem, the will of Hashem is that you should work and have a job, so then you do it because of that reason. Not because it makes sense, only because Hashem said so, and therefore your direction will always be taken from Ratzon Hashem, never from the Yetzirah and his ideas. And at the, at the time of Geula, this will be obvious and clear to everyone, and we'll all be able to see without doubt that the Teva nature is merely an extension of Hashem, just the way that Hashem wants it to happen. And that's the connection between the end of the story of Pinchas, of uh, Bolok, Parsha Bolok, which talks about the story with Zimri, how the Jews worship Baal Pa'ir. And Chassidus asks the question, what kind of a worship of Baal Pa'ir would they would relieve themselves and uh, worship the Baal Pa'ir in that way? What does it all mean? And explains that what that means is that a person becomes submerged in the pleasures of the world, which is what the waste represents because the waste in, it represents there is pleasure as it is from spiritual things and then the waste of that is pleasure in, in material things so worshipping through waste means worshipping by being submerged in pleasures of physical pleasures how does one become caught up in being submerged in physical pleasure it starts subtly that you put importance on the physical process. And then the more you get into it, eventually it can drag you all the way to the point where you become submerged into the pleasures of physical things as well. As well. And the way that Pinchas countered that was not by, let's have a discussion, or what, does the t- what, does, uh, what makes sense or what doesn't make sense. In fact, his response to the situation was a halacha, which you don't pask in that way, which means... Even logically, Alpitayri, you don't uh, recommend that to kill the guy that's involved in it. But Pinchas went uh, the Messias Nefesh, and he did something which even the Rabbanu would have said, wait, hold on, is this the right way? But the Messias Nefesh, he went and he said, this is something which is interfering with Hashem's will and therefore has to be taken care of immediately, even in a way that is Lamailam Etamadas, doesn't necessarily fit with our understanding of how the world should run. And the reason that happened then was because in the time of the Midbar, when the Yidin were in the Midbar, their dependence on Hashem was obvious. The Mon came 
every single day in this exact same amount for everybody. And it only lasted for that day. Tomorrow you had to depend on Hashem again. So it was obvious that we depend on everything for Hashem. But now that the Yidmah going into Yisrael, where they would become dependent on natural process, they had to have farms and plant and reap and so on. So the first thing had to be uh, they had to be shown was that Baal Pa'er never allow yourself to become dependent on it and to become submerged in it and that the response to not allowing that to happen is the way Pinchas did it which is have a focus only on the Ratzon Hashem even nature is the will of Hashem and if you know, understand that then it'll always you'll always remain above it and not become involved in it and dependent on it and do it only as the Hashem wants us to do it therefore we do it and now before the time of Geulah that we stand in, we can also rise to this level. And if we do, then we will be redeemed personally from all our worries about things around us. We will know that it all comes from Hashem and therefore there's nothing to worry about. And from the personal Geulah will also extend to the general Geulah of until the entire world will become a place of tranquility and nobody will have to worry.